Where do we listen to podcasts? How are we promoting them? And what are our thoughts for the future of podcasting? Hiya, Mark here, and you are listening to the Podcast Owner's Manual, your handy guide to taking care of your podcast and yourself. I hope you're well. So today, we are looking at sort of three things. First off, we've got a study about how podcast content is consumed. Uh, We've also got a state of podcast marketing. Uh, It's a little... The report thing that came out, and a couple of thoughts, mine and some uh, some other people who get paid the big uh, the big bucks to talk about podcasting in twenty twenty three and beyond. So with that, let's get cracking. So this study then is a sample of two hundred and sixty four people aged uh, between sixteen and sixty six plus. Uh, I think. Judging by the numbers, they got one person who was 66 plus. Um, So if you want a bit of a breakdown of the numbers so you can get an idea of the methodology, uh, then you can check the show notes. I always think that kind of thing's useful to put in because it then gives you like a sense of like what are the biases of of this study, you know? So you've got roughly-ish a... 50-50 split between male and female participants, definitely skewing more male, um, uh, and then towards um, female and non-binary. So, you know, with with those two sort of making up the the difference. Um, Half of the participants were in the UK, uh, and then with the the rest coming from Europe, uh, the US, and the rest of the world, again, in ever-decreasing numbers. So we're mostly sort of UK focused here, which I think, uh, which I think is is okay. I think we are reasonably representative of uh, of a listening uh, public. So let's have a look at where we listen. So currently, according to these two hundred and sixty odd people, we listen outside when it's light. We're not bothered about whether it's cold or not, but we we want to be outside uh, in rural spaces, in, in, uh, interestingly enough, uh, and when it's light. So we don't tend to be listening to podcasts out in the dark, um, which is which is interesting. <laughs> um, indoors, we listen when it's warm, uh, and that also in, indoors may include home. There's a small amount of people who talk about listening at work, but there's a lot of listening that happens generally indoors and in the home. Uh, a lot of listening happens in the evenings. So most people, be it weekend or weekday, they are people are listening uh, in the evenings. Um, and this, I, I think, is interesting. I think, to be honest, I think all of this is interesting for different reasons. Uh, but this next one, people are listening to podcasts when there's sort of moderate background noise. So that might be the sound of other humans. It might be, I guess, a bit of travel. And I think that is useful when, because one of the things I don't, bang on this particular drum as much as I did previously because a lot of what I'm doing now is is um it's it's slightly higher level than the individual episodes but one of the things I do talk about is making sure that the audio levels are sort of punchy so that they they punch through um because we know that people listen in a variety of different environments uh, 
Previously, of course, it would be a lot more commuting than than it is now. But still, if people are in co-working spaces or or, or, or cafes even, uh, or other areas where there might be a bit more noise, then we, again, we want to remain mindful of that and make sure that our audio levels are, well, level, um, so that people aren't constantly having to adjust their volume and fight with the, with the ambient noise around them. Uh, and as I said, out walking in nature, um, in rural spaces, uh, is is where people like to listen when when they're outdoors. Which kind of kind of jives with with uh, what's going on for me. Actually, is I, I take my daily walk uh, and I take podcasts with me, um, and it takes me about fifteen minutes, and then I'm, I, I get to a park. Uh, and I'll I'll have a bimble round there, or there's a, another sort of um, area that I go to that's a, a, a bit more leafy and green. I'm very lucky where I live. I've got about three parks in uh, uh, in good walking distance, uh, and so a lot of my listening happens then. Um, but it's also weirdly, um, yeah, I, I think the evening thing. What what they didn't get into this study, which I think would be interesting, is looking at the activities that we are engaged in, because I reckon a lot of that will be cooking. What do you think? And that it's, I'd, I'd love to know, actually, like not just what you, you think of the study, but how much of that jives with, with how you listen to podcasts. You know, I have a routine with one of the shows that I listen to. I don't know why it's this particular show. Um, partly it's because it tends to drop on a on a Saturday uh, or a Friday night. And, and Saturday I'll run myself a bath and I'll listen to a show called She Podcasts, which is two women yelling at each other. Uh, occasionally they talk about microphones and things but most of the time they're just yelling at each other about really interesting things but being very effusive about it and i really enjoy just sort of getting you know spend, spending my time with uh with elsie and jess um so you know that's that's one outlier but uh yeah like let me know mark at origin.fm like how how are you listening to podcasts at the moment um and i think using this data again i think it helps us think a little bit more mindfully like if we can really like i was helping someone uh, this week with the launch of a, of a new show think about exactly who that listener is and really kind of try and picture and create this real solid picture of the listener um, and, and create that person create that person and think about where they are what they're doing how they're listening to the show what stuff is around them because I really think that helps when you get uh, address the microphone to actually consider like what have they got time for what have they not got time for what's going on around them what might make them press pause you know and and put their earbuds away and think ah I'll I'll finish that later you know I've got things to do so that's that's that study if you if you want the details um you'll find it linked uh, in the show notes uh so next up then we are looking at the state of podcast marketing at the moment. So this was a a little, basically a little uh, lead magnet. If you want the actual source of it without having to sacrifice your email address, it's just a Google, uh, it's just a, a PDF on a Google Drive. It is linked in the show notes. Um, but it's, it's produced by a company called Capshow, um, who I'm going to talk about, I think, possibly next week, because uh, I've been having a lot of fun with AI um, and some not so much fun with AI. Uh, and I want to talk about where it's useful and where it isn't. Um, and so Capshow have a thing where they're, they're they're trying to promote themselves at the moment. Uh, and so they've got a bit of a lead magnet going on, which is it's got some interesting things about the current state of how people like us, podcasters like us, are 
promoting their shows. So they use this term um, of high-income podcasters. Now, um, what my interpretation of that is, is that not necessarily – they're not talking about – a direct income from you know advertising or whatever it's not an income that is directly linked to the number of downloads it is a person that is sort of doing all right for themselves um and has a podcast so that's people you know for the most part i i don't think i'm speaking out of turn when i say it's you know it's us because we're not necessarily on the bread lines i'm not saying any of us is rich um but we are at the point where we've sort of learned a lot uh, throughout our time, and now we're thinking about how we can give back, right? That's kind of my interpretation of this, and and I think some of that actually does sort of um, it does ring true with uh, with what they're saying in this in this little collection of things. So uh, one of these uh, statements that that we I've sort of grouped all this together really under the theme of we go slow, and I think that is important podcasting is a slow medium especially when it's done right that makes it tricky for a lot of things is one of the reasons i'm sort of moving away from this whole i'll help you make 12 episodes and then you know we'll go we'll see what happens from there because i actually don't think that's that helpful um that's why like i was talking about having this strategy session with someone this week to get a long-standing long-lasting podcast set up not let's have a crack for 12 weeks because you're not going to learn much so it's it's all of this is kind of in support of that. So um, from from this report, high-income podcasters favor uh, email, blog posts, and LinkedIn over uh, quick visual uh, – this is my editorial anyway – over quick visual networks like Instagram and TikTok, which I think, again, uh, I think is, is, is true, right? Most of what we do tends to be promoted on, on the likes of LinkedIn um, because – Maybe we don't have time or a lot of the conversations that we have don't necessarily... I mean, none of us is making a true crime podcast, right? None of the conversations we have necessarily lend themselves to something that you can put in a, a you know a quick TikTok video and, and, and for it to make sense. Uh, so this is a quote from Ariel Nissenblatt, who is uh, the community manager at Squadcast and, and has been uh, a big brain in podcasting for, for quite some time. Most valuable, uh, sorry, most people understand that posting on social media doesn't directly uh, translate to an increase in downloads, right? That that back back to me editorializing again. That's a really key message, right? I'm gonna sort of, I'm gonna do that thing, and I kind of hate it when people do it, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna repeat that because I think it's worth noting. Most people understand, and I hope that's true, that posting on social media doesn't directly translate to an increase in downloads. They know it's important to be there, posting, interacting, and engaging, but are slowly learning that time spent doesn't uh, correlate to increased downloads. I think there's actually a lot of opportunity in cold and then hopefully warmer outreach. So my reading of that is, is you know, something that, that I've, I've talked a lot about is especially over the last couple of years, the sort of spray and pray of here's a LinkedIn post with or a, or a tweet with uh, the latest episode. Here's the link to it and here's some details or even what we talked about on this episode and then an audiogram and then we put the link in the comments. Like 
the reason those don't necessarily translate or don't necessarily convert to downloads is nothing to do with algorithms. It's not because LinkedIn or Twitter doesn't like you linking. Um, it's because people are in a different mindset when they're scrolling. You know, I'm a big podcast listener. It takes me a lot. If I'm scrolling LinkedIn, as I do often, it takes me quite a lot to stop what I'm doing and go, okay, I'm going to listen to this this podcast now. After a while, I will think, you know, after seeing sort of a few messages, I'm more likely to, to think, oh, okay, what is the show on about? And then I'll go and check it out in my podcast app rather than clicking a link from LinkedIn, going through to the player and listening to it then. I can't remember the last time I did that. I have done it in the past. I'm sure many of us have. It doesn't happen all that often. And I think we, we sometimes have this expectation or this hope that letting people know, hey, this new episode is out, is going to translate to people listening to it. And I think it's more, again, going slow. It's more about that long game of, did you know I had a podcast? I think you'd really like it. It's in, it's continuing to reinforce that message. So by all means, we can talk about the latest episode that we've got, but not with the expectation that it's going to result in downloads. The expectation is that over time, we're reminding people and introducing to new people, hey, did you know I have a podcast? It's really good. I think you'd like it. So that's that's sort of uh, my, my read from, from there. Um, we uh, attribute our success, uh, according to this study, to uh, email, uh, to uh, guesting on other podcasts, and to LinkedIn. And again, I think, as Ariel sort of alluded to at the end of her quote, that's about that cold or warm outreach. One of the things I talked about ages ago, and and I, I bring up every now and again, is the idea of throwing a ball to 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 an individual and and calling them out by name. So. If you have a podcast that has a small number of downloads, we are actually going to talk about the apparent sweet spot for the number of downloads, by the way. I could have led with that, but I didn't want to do a clickbait thing because I know it's something that people ask. Um, but if if um, you have a, a, you know, what you would consider a relatively small number of downloads and you want to grow it, one of the first things that I talk about is finding an individual again it comes back to this single person finding an individual that you can tap up to say hey i made this for you basically right i made this episode i think you'll like it let me know what you think because that's how things start that that's how you introduce things you know we we have to do the stuff that doesn't scale we have to do this individual outrage i say have to i th- i think you know it's it's massively beneficial if we do um and typically, uh, we are active on seven marketing channels, which feels like a lot. But I guess, you know, if you're if you're talking about a blog as one, a newsletter, LinkedIn, maybe some Instagram, guesting on podcasts. I mean, that's five just off the top of my dome, you know. Uh, they're, you know they're, they're, there are probably others that are, perhaps I haven't thought of there. I mean, you know, obviously there's LinkedIn and uh, uh, like TikTok and Twitter, but yeah, I don't know how many of us are, are, are doing that. Um, uh, but uh, apparently we want to be on more channels in the future, which is, which is uh, <laughs> scary. That seems to be spreading ourselves rather thin, but uh, I think that's the thing, right? We, we have these aspirations. We, we want all these things, but we do not have the time. <laughs> we absolutely don't have the time to be in all of these places, and therein lies the rub, right? Therein uh, is very much the, uh, the the difficulty. Um, 
All right, let's have a quick look at... Yes, let's just talk about these download numbers then. So big question that lots of people have. It's a completely understandable question. People want to be able to benchmark their success against others. How many downloads is a good number of downloads to get? And it's always been a really tricky question to answer because <laughs> the podcaster's favorite answer, it depends. Um, because it, it really does. You know, if you if you think about if you've got a show for billionaires and it's about wealth management, right? I'm, I'm being legit. Like if you've got a show that helps really wealthy people manage their money, then you don't need... Well, if you've got 20,000... Uh, downloads per episode, you've probably got a bunch of people. Maybe, maybe there's an aspirational thing there, but perhaps your business, you only want to target people who've already got, you know, uh, seven figures or, or eight figures or whatever. So if you're getting 20,000 downloads per episode, you're getting too many downloads because those people aren't your target. So there is absolutely, you know, uh, it, it really does vary on 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 the show and i i never like to i don't like giving numbers because i'll be honest they are the numbers that we end up with are almost always short of what people think that they deserve and of course they are um and that's because again this is a long game and it takes a lot of work but all of that said uh the the target number is apparently the sweet spot, not the target number, but the sweet spot is between 250 and 500,000 downloads. I'm kidding. It's not. It's between 250 and 500 downloads per episode. That feels, hopefully, for some, achievable. For others, you're like, cool, right? Fine. You know, uh, I've got a one or two shows that I think have got there <laughs> uh, my, you know my, my my own stuff um but it, you know again it took time and that number's gone down because i haven't been putting out enough episodes because uh reasons um so yeah 250 between 250 and 500 seems to be the the sweet spot in terms of this is what so this is the number that Again, these high-income podcasters determine as a success. So, again, that's why I'm confident that we are not talking about people who make a high income from directly from their podcast because they wouldn't typically have enough downloads to get that kind of number. Not always, not a hard and fast rule, but with the you know the 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 sort of data that they're gathering here, uh, I don't think that that would be the case. So, we are talking really about. It gets into the kind of Dunbar's number, I think, if, if I'm honest. So Dunbar's number is the uh, the sort of optimum number of people that we can effectively keep in our in our head. You know, it's it's kind of the ideal size of a community, and it's 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 around 150, I believe. I don't know if that's one of those things that's now been disproven or it's changed or whatever, but that's my understanding, right? And it, it feels like if we're if we're above that, then we, we're you know we've got a nice little. Because we're always going to get a number of people who aren't super engaged in the show. They don't reply. Uh, they, they don't comment when you ask them to. They don't necessarily follow links. They're not signed up for the newsletter, all that kind of stuff. Um, but if we can start to work towards 150 people who are 
kind of committed, who are fans, basically, then we, you know, to 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 uh, quote uh, Merlin Mann, then you've got a stew going. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, 250 downloads is kind of that's a nice little benchmark to be aiming for if you're not already there. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about video. Uh, there's going to be a lot more, I think, talk about video in the coming months. Um, I think the, the so the the consensus at the moment is that uh, video is a good thing to pursue, but we all know that it takes a lot of time um, to to produce and expense as well. You know, because you've got to get the lighting right. It's it's a lot harder to make that really crisp, good quality video than it is audio because for a start you've still got to do all of the audio things on top of some things which are slightly contradictory to video you know for me i've got a great big rig in front of my face it's got a microphone and a boom arm um so you're not really you know yeah yeah fine you can see my face but like not that much of it because <laughs> there's a great big microphone in front of it and i'm really close to it and so um because that's what makes it sound the the goodest so there are several challenges there, but it, it, it's it's more than that. Um, and as we've talked about before, I'm not going to go off on a, a you know I'm not going to go off King, um, but I'm not bullish on video in the way that other people are, purely because and it's this is not a um, it's actually nothing to do like it's it's not a judgment right it's not a it's not a judgment on the quality or or anything like that. It's simply that my focus is around helping people use their voice to build trust. And that means putting us in, it means the audience putting us in their pocket and doing other stuff and us being part of that journey. When you're on a YouTube video, there's a couple of things that are happening. Either they're watching you intently and not doing anything else, which is weird. <laughs> it's not weird, but you know, it's, it's, it's a different kind of thing. Or they are maybe kind of listening to us with half an ear, but they're doing something on another screen, which means they're probably paying less attention to you. I think anyway, this is, this is anecdata, but I, I think people are paying because I, you know, I, I, especially with younger people, I do speak to younger people and I know how younger people um, access media. <laughs> and there's a lot of that. And there's a great value in people just sort of putting on YouTube and even long videos effectively for the company. And I absolutely get that. You know, there's people who will put on these these Twitch streamers or, or, or you know, big YouTube streamers who, who will just sit there for ages. And I actually, I get, I understand the value in that. And it's a very different kind of relationship. And not always, I think, a healthy one. And so I think for building these healthy relationships where there are boundaries, but where, again, the listener takes us, puts us in their pocket and then takes us with them. You know, I take... You know, I hope it's not. I hope I'm not overstep, overstepping the mark when I say I take Elsie and Chess in the bath. You know what I mean? Like I listen to them when I'm having my bath. I listen to Merlin Mann when I'm um, doing the laundry. Um, I listen to my brother and uh, my brother, my brother and me, and the Adventure Zone while I'm cooking. I listen to. Um, Lots of different shows that I don't normally habitually listen to when I'm out on my walk doing research for my newsletter. I'm folding these shows into my life. 
in a sort of healthy way. And so that's where my focus is rather than let's either have all of your attention right now or much less of it because actually you're distracted by another screen. So that's my kind of thing about why I'm not so bullish. It's not because I don't think video is good. It's not because I don't see the value in video or that I don't want to get into it or that I think it's a distraction. Uh, and I may have said that before, and, and I think I, I would be being you know, perhaps a bit glib if I, if I said you know, that's honestly what I think. Um, but for the kind of work that we are here to do, which is to basically build, is to create love affairs. That's my my whole take on this is basically it's about growing these little seeds of love. And, and I think we do that more effectively with video. Um, there's a, a, a nice sort of line that, that actually gave me a little bit more thought on this, which I appreciated from um, one of these sort of what's podcasting going to look like in, in 2023. Uh, it's put out by Pacific Content and uh, again is linked in the show notes. But this is a quote by uh, Bella Ibrahim, who is the marketing director at Kerning Cultures, who I will admit, I don't know who that is. But I read this and I thought, oh, that is a take that I appreciate. I think it's useful to for us to think about. YouTube is great for talk show podcasts, but it likely won't take off for other genres like narrative documentaries or fiction. At the end of the day, as a podcaster, it's important to stay true to audio in addition to understanding other platforms like YouTube. Not every podcast can be adapted naturally into video, and that's okay. A lot of what I help people with is effectively talk shows, but they're very different. The I tend to help people with the kind of shows where the guest is a vehicle for the knowledge and the insight and the wisdom and the stories that they have to tell rather than the guest being the pull, right? So if you think about Diary of a CEO, right? Huge, huge podcast. I mean, number one in the UK, the lad's not off my screen. He's everywhere. It's Stephen Bartlett. He's everywhere. But that is very much a sort of celebrity... Um, star-driven show you know he's he's interviewing Richard Osman and Davina McCall neither of whom are CEOs I mean um Richard Osman's successful TV producer so in terms of business you know he's got some now so I, I don't know about Davina McCall um but you know they're not what I would say is CEO fodder so that is very much it's a talk show it's it's Stephen Bartlett gets to be Michael Parkinson I'm gonna date myself there uh, <laughs> But, you know, that lends itself to YouTube a little bit better or to, to TikTok because they can clip out these emotional moments where someone says something sort of revealing. And that's all fine. But again, because what we're doing is a little bit slower, it's about these stories that people have. It's about the experiences that they're sharing. And it's less about the star power. And I know like a lot of us, we bring on people who we revere in our in our spheres of of influence, right? Who are who are big, you know? Who are maybe it's an author, and I've, I've done this myself, like an author that I've read that I'm like thrilled to get on and feels like a celebrity, but it's not the same thing. Um, and so that's why I kind of appreciated uh, the 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 point in this uh, in this quote here from uh, from Bella is that we need to think about what's suitable and what's useful. Now there is this whole thing of we can take the audio from a from um, a podcast episode, slap a bit of artwork on top of it and throw it over to YouTube. And that's fine. And and, and in terms of, you know, the advice has, has previously been 
just be everywhere. And, and that includes YouTube because that's how people consume podcasts. But I don't think that's how they consume every kind of podcast. And again, I don't think that's how people will consume our kinds of podcasts. A crowdcast or, you know, a webinar or something like that, absolutely. Something that's maybe... Um, where it's maybe a bit more of a tips and tricks kind of video or, or session. You know, I've, I've done a few of those last year, like, a, you know, sit on a Crowdcast or a LinkedIn Live or whatever, um, and it's about what do you know um, and what are the, the quick tips and, and that kind of stuff. And, and I think that kind of lends its, its, itself quite well. But when we're talking about stories and talking about experiences and learnings and, and those kinds of things... I think it's a slightly different kettle of fish. And now I'm in danger of repeating myself. Hopefully you get, and I was gonna say, hopefully you get my drift. And if you disagree, then please, like I, I want to hear, I want to hear dissenting voices as well. Like, uh, yeah, let, let me know what you think. Um, so the last sort of thing I will end on is, uh, podcasting could be in for a rocky 2023. So this was a post that came out, uh it was either earlier in the year or late last year and it was it was on one of these industry magazine things basically and i kind of want to address it because someone sent it to me a couple of weeks ago sort of in good faith you know you, you occasionally get people who'll do a thing and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sometimes it's a bit of a tactic of i've seen a linkedin article that's vaguely about something that i know someone is interested in so i'll send it to them because then we can start a conversation and i can sell them my my book All right that happened to me no shade no lemonade i get it that's fine but that's what happened right someone whatsapped me and and said but you know i i read this and thought of you and just linked to it uh and then and then said do you know i've got a book out right that happened but I, I, you know, I'm bringing it up because people will do this to other people. People will say, "You've got a podcast." Have I? I saw this article. What they mean is they saw the headline. They didn't read it, but they saw the headline that said, "Podcasting's in for a rocky thing in 2023." Right? I'm not denying that that's the case, but I think what's important is to contextualize that argument or that um, chicken littling, <laughs> if you, if you like. Because it's a it, it's written by people with an extraordinarily narrow view of what podcasting is. It is written by people, essentially, for whom podcasting started in around 2018, when Spotify started making their big acquisitions. For for many people, that's where podcasting began, and that's their understanding of the medium. As a quick reminder. The term was invented in uh, 2004 and uh, iTunes, uh, as it was then, brought a podcast directory into uh, existence in 2005. Uh, and that's that's Apple, right? So podcasting's been a thing, very much a capital A, capital T, a thing since 2005. But there's been, you know, it comes in ebbs and flows. People have talked about the death of podcasting and the, the, the whatever. Podcasting is back. Podcasting was back in 2008 or nine when Mark Marin invented podcasting um, with his talk show. Uh, podcasting was back in 2014 when Serial invented podcasting with uh with serial 
great show by the way like again no shade like fantastic shows but the narrative around it was podcasting podcasting's here podcasting's back podcasting is thing and that's where we started to see the money kind of coming because it was such a huge hit 2018 podcasting is back because then spotify by anchor and gimlet and gimlet was one of these npr style companies that make npr style shows um you know the the narrative stuff um and that's when things started to get crazy and that's where we really started to see this bubble and lots of people sort of trying to hop onto that bubble and my particular take is i had a podcasting business i'm not just talking about me but as as a contextualizing thing i had a podcasting business in it started in 2016 and i have one now and i think i'll have one um when the party when 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 the kids when the sort of cool kids not necessarily the cool kids but when the party kids when the party bros have drunk all the beer and eaten all the pizza and left and gone to the next thing which might be video uh it's probably ai you know it, it, it could be something else wherever those people go to the next trend we will still be here because the fundamentals of what we do do not rely on what they have to offer what they have to well not even offer because they, they they don't offer us anything they haven't offered offered us anything um what they have done is again just you know if if you if you think of and I'm just possibly slightly using kind of american terminology here but if you think about you know like a house party that that a kid throws you know high school sort of house party and all the jocks turn up and it's like who invited the jocks and and it's 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 now interesting because they've brought a load of people the now the party's much louder so we're making a ruckus and people from other places are going, what's going on over there? That sounds like an interesting party. And they're coming to check it out, right? The neighbors are coming out over. Thank God our parents are away for the weekend, right? Um, so I, I promise this is going somewhere. So, the, you know, everybody's turning up to our to our house party. And, you know, it's because the sort of the the, the jocks brought us, brought, brought all these people because they made such a, such a racket. And so everybody wants to know, Oh, you know what's going on there? Now they're playing House of Pain, jump around, and everybody's you know jumping up and getting down. Um, it's getting away from me. It's fine. I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> Can you tell I don't edit these anymore? I'm having fun. That's you know, um, yeah. So that's all fine. The party rages, and the party rages, and the party rages, and the the the, the beer gets drunk, and the pizza gets eaten, and then those guys are like. Well, we want to, you know, we're, we're ready for the next party. Everybody else is like, oh, I think I'm ready to go to bed or, you know, I've got to go to work tomorrow or whatever. And the jocks are like, no, it's, you know, they're crushing beer cans on their tops of their heads and they're ready for the next one, right? They're ready to go to the next rager. And that's fine, right? Because that's what they're into. They will follow the next, where the next party is. And like, absolutely good luck to them because they'll continue to have a good time. Um, I just I what I hope is after they've brought all this noise and all this interest, I just hope they don't make too much of a mess. And I, I mean that like legitimately. I mean, I hope that when that does die down, and I think it will. And by this, I'm talking about mostly to do with the various proliferations of true crime podcasts and 
um, short run series and mergers and acquisitions that are happening and every celebrity having a podcast where they interview every other celebrity that's got a podcast all of that stuff which has all been happening over the last sort of four ish years four to five years when that starts to settle back down again as we're starting to see because you know and I, I wish this on no one but there are lots of redundancies um there are contracts that people are, are looking at now and going you know these didn't meet our expectations spotify's finding that a lot they set way too high expectations for some of their shows and they're now finding that those expectations are not being met and they're blaming the hosts they're blaming the people who make the shows rather than spotify who were over eager and overpaid they're now saying we paid a lot of money for this show and it's like yeah you paid too much I, my hope is that when all of that does sort of fizzle, that there isn't too much of a mess, you know, made on the carpet, right? That we we can clean up and we can continue the work that we're doing, and I think we will. I think we will continue. Now, whether we see that happen this year, whether we see that mass exodus of the 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 frat the frat people, I won't gender it, but you know what I mean. Like when we see the jocks leave, I my my hope is that we we can carry on. And I, I think I, I genuinely think we can because we've been making these kinds of shows since before serial existed. Podcasting is built on these kinds of shows. And again, that's why I have this sort of, I take a slightly dim view of this, not myopic, but a uh, very tunnel vision esque view of the industry because they only know that ad supported area of it which is not our world right they only know that's that area that is is supported by not even like squarespace but like you know like mcdonald's and 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 you know various other and all of these sort of um ads that get stitched into podcasts when when we're talking about the scale that we're talking about and the audience sizes that the people are fighting over that you know that that's not I think it's it's I don't even know if it's 1% of the actual podcasting industry and what irks me and what you can see I've got it uh, all excited is they call that the industry and that sort of that does kind of wind me up it's because well what am I doing then you know what what have we been doing for the last uh I can't do the maths but the last what 14 15 years um it's not the industry it is uh, it's it's a frat party. Or it, it's not even you know we have been holding the party for the last fourteen years, um, and uh, you know so that's sort of that's sort of my view. I, I take that with with as much as many pinches of salt as you need to. But my my sort of my point is you will, and I, I'm sure you will see more of them because of course where we are at the moment we are in deeply troubling economic times depending on you know who you read with either in a recession or we're nearing a recession or it's not going to be a recession but you know the fact that people are talking about the r word means the, you know this is the time for people to think conservatively um and so you're going to see more of these kinds of stories and you're going to see stories that say podcasting is dot 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 and i just i kind of want to remind you if, if I haven't already driven the point home too much, that when they say that they are only talking about a tiny, tiny percentage of shows. And yes, these are shows we listen to and enjoy. Right? I, I absolutely, I enjoy the kinds of shows that are made here. But 
they're very different from the kind of shows that we listen to where we learn a, you know we learn something about how to improve our business or how to create a happier work environment or what buddhism can teach us about that you know it, it's those kinds of things we're going to continue to deliver this deep knowledge and insight and and build these relationships we're going to continue to do that because none of those shows are building relationships because that's not they're they're, they're there to entertain we are here to to make connections we're here to build create love affairs and so that i think is always going to continue and with that i will bid you adieu this has been an absolute pleasure talking to you again um i hope that you are cool with this sort of semi live to tape format um i i'm enjoying it it's not you know i i spent a year being very distilled and very sort of nuggety and value packed and and at the end of the day that's not who i am i mean I, you know i'd like to think i'm packed with value but there's also a lot of stuff around and i like to have fun and i like to do all these things so all right um we'll check in again next week where i think we will talk about ai um but uh oh, just before i do leave you a quick mention of vocal brew um do pop along to the next one which is in february uh it is the third wednesday in february i believe uh and we are going to be talking about ways that we can build more efficiency into our workflow um it is in fact the fourth uh february so it's uh february the 22nd at 7 p.m gmt if you want the details vocalbrew.club is the website to go to do come along because uh we we did it in january and it was it was a lovely such a warm group of people that turned up to help set an intention for their podcast in 2020 three we're going to talk a little bit about that um uh, but but really we're going to focus on what are some ways that we can bring more efficiency into our workflows so that we can get more time to do the things that we want to do um and and still make a quality product so with that as ever uh links to everything you'll find at podcastownersmanual.com and you can drop me an email mark at origin.fm been a real pleasure and i will look forward to chatting with you again next week where we will cover ai uh and if you've got any uh any thoughts on that any tips or any tip-offs for me then send them along to me mark at origin.fm thank you so much for your time speak to you again very soon take care